Here we go, episode 48 of the Hibs Ramble. We are back, the Ramble 4 and Leith 7. Together, as you can see, we're all in our uniform <clears throat> tonight. Sean's actually had to be surgically removed for his jacket because he's never had it off. What is, how are we? Great. Oh, Fantastic. Quality. Feeling, so we decided after our inaugural Hibs Ramble Awards show to take a wee break. Um, which I think has served us good. We're all invigorated. We're buzzing to be back for another season of the Cinch, another season of Johnson Ball, another season of no doubt laughter, tears, fighting, cuddling. But you can pies. rest assured that, um, most importantly, pies. And you can be rest assured that the Ramble will be with you every step of the way, every week, every Monday. Well, we record on a Monday. But every week, the boys will be here, whether it's two of us, three of us, four of us, maybe five of us. And we'll be looking sexy as we do it as well. Yep, yep. It's also unfortunate, well, not unfortunately, but we've had, we've had to agree into a contract where we have to wear this jacket for every single recording this season. So I'm happy with that, though. Yeah. We'll definitely be getting our money's worth out of it, that's for sure. Bye, boys. What have we? What have we been up to, Mark? How's your sabbatical been? Or as Gary Gary Neville calls it, a mini retirement. Uh, I, I must say, I've, I've enjoyed not having the football every week. I think I, I needed a wee break. Last season was by far the heaviest season of going to games of my footballing life. So definitely needed a wee break. But do you know what? I'm ready to get back into it. Andorra. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go to Andorra now. <laughs> yeah, when when the draw was made, and uh, I think the draw had barely came out the hat, and Mark was like, "I'm already planned. I've got my train here, plane here." Um, and of course, my first thought was, "I hope we get the Faroe Islands team, so it just absolutely fucks them up." <laughs> Planes, trains, and automobiles, Mark. Whatever it takes. Eh? They're yeah. actually the favourites to to win the tie. It's only two one at the moment, and they've still got to go to the home leg, so it could be the Faroe team. There's no chance I'm going to the Pharaohs. Absolutely no chance. No, nah, I mean, when uh, <clears throat> was it under Lennon we played that Runovic team? Aye. And Aye. it took about three days to get there. Fuck that, man. Because there's just so many, so many islands. Ironic when it's called the Faroe Islands, eh? McClendo, what have you been doing? You, you and Sean had a very busy night a couple of weeks ago. We did. We did have a it very is. busy night. Packing up all the Leith Seven orders, uh, it was uh, a struggle on the old fingers. But um, you know, Sean did very well. I supervised most of it and made Sean do all the packing and the sellotaping and everything. I just kind of provided the venue, to be honest. Um, but no, we managed to get uh, batch one all out. <clears throat> so if you ordered in batch one, it should be with you now. And if you ordered in batch two, I can give a, a firm update that uh, batch two is in stitching. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll be with us sooner rather than later, and uh, we can um, we can get that out to you. But I enjoyed my sabbatical as well, Craig. Thanks for asking. Good. What about you, Sean? Nah, it was good. It's good to get a little break, recharge the batteries, ready to go again. Big things planned. Yeah. I tell you what, I did, Craig. During my sabbatical, I got to spend a wee bit of time with uh, 
with Megan and the Bairns. And I tell you what, they're actually all right. Uh, no, all right. I mean, we were at Centre Parks a couple of weekends ago and it wasn't as bad as what I thought it would be. <laughs> Centre Park. Did you get a phone signal in there? It was, it was um, patchy, but there was uh, Wi-Fi provided throughout the facility. So um, I was able to watch my pack openings on YouTube for Ultimate Team. So I was... <laughs> What age are you, man? I'm 32 now. Yeah, 32. <laughs> I was 32 last week. Um, but no, the River Rapids at uh, Centre Parks, quality, absolutely. Did quality. you do archery or anything like that? Uh, nah, no, no. Me, me and Alfie. I suppose you, I mean, probably wouldn't be the best for you, would it? Poor uh, <laughs> I'd be fucking firing arrows here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> there was me and Alfie did play mini golf. Um, we went on one of the wee electric boats around the lake. Uh, Thomas went quad biking, and then there's like the kind of like the it's, a, it's no trapeze, but kind of like how they have like the stuff suspended above the ground, like you walk, can you harness in? Oh, uh, like trip, like go away, stuff like that. Aye, um, and Alfie was buzzing to go on it, and I decided to go on it with him till it turns out I actually exceeded the weight limit. So. <laughs> And I thought I was. Did you find out the hard way? Did you fall through the, the fucking bridge or something? Well, thankfully, thankfully we checked it before it. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll just surely like it's. I know it's like harnessed in and all that, but it won't matter if it's just a wee bit over. Uh, no, they actually weigh you before you go on. So I wasn't being embarrassed and getting weighed in front of people for them to go. Nah, we go for <laughs> it's it. It's a heartbreaking. It was. I mean, what what happened to walk back in the state? No, because we checked it before we booked the activity. So, no, it was in. Oh, man. Thought I'd share, thought I'd share that. We laugh. We laugh with you. Uh, nobody that listens is allowed to laugh, though, or you will be blocked from ever interacting with Amber ever again. <laughs> so, moving on from my um, expanding waistband to an expanding squad list after the squad list had went down. We've had lots of in and outs. So in, we've had so far Jojo Walcott and Max Boric. I think it's safe to assume that Boric will maybe be the sort of replacement for Murray Johnson going out on loan, just to make sure we've got an extra keeper. We've got Jordan Obita, Dylan Levitt and Adam Lafondre finally signing for Hibs in what seems like a rumour that's been going about since uh, we McClendon was in nappies. Um <laughs> Are we happy with the incomings as they stand so far? A lot of, I think one thing that we mentioned last season at times was a lack of experience in the team. Um, you know, a lot of young players. And when you look at, you know, Wallacott, Ghanaian International, Obita's played majority of his career in the Premiership, uh, sorry, the Championship. Dylan Levitt, we've seen him up <clears throat> close first hand, been at Dundee United, and then Lafondre's scored goals at the highest level as well. Um, Sean, are you happy with the incomings that we've had so far? Yeah, I think what I like the most about them is the fact that we're getting all these good, well, on paper, they're, they're good sign-ins early doors as well. Uh, they wanted to make sure the Levitt deal was done before the the trip to Marbella as well. So, very happy with the quality. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know a lot about a lot of them other than Levitt, if I'm honest. But um, on paper, like I said, they, they look like 
they should hit the ground running, bring good experience. Um, I think a lot was made of the Lafondra signing because of his age and stuff like that. But with the, the model that Johnson's wanting to bring in, I think having someone like that will only do good for the younger players. Um, and as long as that's not the only striker we're bringing in, then yeah, we're we're in we're in a very good place at the moment. No, I think I tend to agree. I do still believe that there'll be quite a lot more movement um, in and out, especially when you look at the the names that have went out. You know, we've had uh, obviously Kevin Nisbet left us to go to Millwall. Kyle McGuinness, quite surprisingly, ended up going to Kilmarnock. Jabriah went back to Croatia. McGeady, Devlin, Dabrowski all released. Um, we found out today that Runar Haug has went back to Norway. And then a few players out on loan as well. Dylan Tate, Kyle McClellan, Josh O'Connor, Murray Aiken and Murray Johnson all about on loan. Um, Mark, see just on the outgoings, Kyle McGuinness, right? What, like, what do you make of the, the whole situation with him going to come on it. I think it's I think it's about time that he was moved on. I think that he's a there's no doubt about it. He's a quality, quality player. And you know, I think there was a spell um at the start of not last season, the season before, when when Jack Ross started the season, he played something like thirteen games. I think he scored the, the majority of our goals and he was he really looked like he had hit that form we were looking for and he, he got injured long term again, comes back briefly injured again um, and I think he's just suffered another couple of injuries tail end of last season so I think as much as I like him as a player as much as you know when he's fully fit I would take him in a heartbeat but getting injured that often you can't continue to play a player's wages and you know we've given him plenty of opportunities I mean how long has he actually been with us that's what three years four years something like that and he's only played really a handful of games never really got an extended run of the team so for me I'm pretty happy to see him moved on. Listen, I wish him all the best. I hope he kicks on and stays fit and makes something his career. But I just think we can't afford to be paying wages um, for a player that's that's going to be in the physio nine times out of ten. Ah, especially when I mean, he, so he signed. I think with the transfer window being extended during the the COVID season, I think we signed him about September time. So September twenty twenty. And that was the season he played most of his games. I think he had made something like 24 appearances. So he was coming off, a, I think it was a cruciate he'd done. Um, and then he never really done much that season. It was mostly substitute appearances and here and there. But like you say, that season at start, I remember the goal he scored in Rijeka. <clears throat> I know we ended up getting beat 4-1, but the goal when he just completely broke beyond the defence and slotted it. And then he scored away, I think, was it Motherwell first game of the season maybe? Yeah. Um, the following season, he looked that spell up until I think he got injured just before the international break, and he looked quality. So it's it's disappointing, but I think it's the right move for all parties. Um, and you'll probably find that his wage will be diverted elsewhere now as well. Um, Kim, what baffles me about sorry, just came what a quick one. What baffles me about the McGinnis uh, leaving is that he's went to Kilmarnock. And you can't imagine that that plastic pitch is going to do his injury problems any favours at all. Uh, that, that I wonder of... if it was a case of best out of a bad bunch. But with all due respect to Kilmarnock, but I don't think there's many teams that would be willing to take the gamble, to be honest. I think fair play to Kilmarnock, they've taken a gamble because everyone knows that there's a player in there, but 
I can't see many teams, especially you're looking, you know, the top half or even the top eight of the league, wanting to gamble on him, knowing fine well that in three years he's been injured. And they're not just wee niggly injuries, they've been really, really big injuries that's kept him out for a while. So Kilmarnock might well have just been the only team that were willing to give him a chance. Mm-hmm. And I think in situations like this as well, Hibs are very, very rarely proven wrong with releasing players. Um, I mean, I suppose you could really think back to what Wotherspoon going to St Johnston and winning, what is it, won, did he win like three cups or something? Yeah. Yeah. With them. But other than that, there's no no very often does a player leave Hibs and then it comes back to bite us on the arse. Um, there's no doubt though we'll play Kilmarnock at some point in the season and he'll have an absolute stormer. Like it's it's guaranteed. It's it's written in the stars. Um Or he'll never be injured again. Yeah. <laughs> we wanted that's the thing, if their gamble pays off, they've got themselves a serious player. Like if he Oliver actually... makes nothing as well. I can't imagine that they've paid much of a fee. Because he would have been, what, in his last year of his deal? I yeah. think, no, he would have had two years left. He signed a five-year deal when he signed. Oh, did he? Yeah. So I thought maybe that's one where it's... Hibs have said, we won't take a, we won't ask for a fee if you don't ask for your contract to be paid up. Yeah. Mutual agreement, I believe those ones are called. Um, but it does... Leaves us with a lot of gaps in the squad, especially up front. I think it would be remiss of us not to sort of mention Nisbet. Um, you know, he's he had a sort of love-hate relationship with Hibs fans for a period of time. We were just speaking before we came on about, um, obviously, that he signed, had a great six months. It got to that January. He didn't get the move, and he's sort of just kind of lost interest a bit. And obviously, he never really done much for the rest of the, like the following year. Got his injury under Sean Maloney, but then when he came back, um, the Rangers game, when he came back after that, like for the majority of weeks, he was just, he was unplayable at times. And I think what one thing that gives me sort of confidence is that no matter who the manager's been over the years, if we've lost a striker, more often than not, we tend to replace them quite quickly. You probably need to go as far back as maybe Lee Griffiths, uh, Lee Griffiths to be the one that we didn't replace adequately enough. So I think we've got full faith in the recruitment team, but we do have a lot of gaps. So I, one one space in the squad that's about to be filled is Will Fisher's return. Mark is a massive United fan and also a massive Hibs fan. Um, I know you're going to be making an appearance on... Um, a United podcast in the next couple of weeks to speak about Will Fish. How excited are you about the prospect of him coming back? Very see? excited. And you're right, I am a massive United fan. <laughs> and, um, What's your middle I, name, Mark? I'm sure you've got a, a middle name that is a nod to United, is it not? Yes, well, Rambo viewers, you're in for a treat. My middle name is actually Cantona after <laughs> Eric. <laughs> Just it, it actually is. Like, people will be watching saying I need bother me, but it, it, it genuinely no, to be to see to be fair, Mark, I think everyone actually knows because every time you're and you've got a pint in you, you're getting your idea out and showing everyone. I, my middle name's actually Canton, by the way. Aye, especially down when I'm down at Old Trafford. That's my total party piece. Like as soon as somebody comes up, I'm like, Alright mate, my name's Mark Cantana Duncan. Here's my ID. 
<laughs> but um, anyway, Will Fish, aye, buzzing. The only thing, the only annoying thing is that it's only a loan, but I, I suppose it shows how highly rated he is at United. He actually played against Leeds yesterday, the second half, which they won 2-0, and he looked pretty decent. Um, but aye, buzzing that he's coming back. The exciting thing is he'll get a full season this time. Last season he only played from January and then he played something like, I don't know, 17 consecutive games or whatever. Um, And it'll be so good to see him get a full season under his belt. Um, And to be honest, I I think he'll be, he'll go from pretty highly rated to even higher rated. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) You're right, I mean... He'll be swimming upstream. (laughs) There has been this, obviously, chat about can we get him on loan with an option to buy? I think he'll have a year left on his contract by the time it comes to the end of the season long loan. Um, Sean, for you, would when you look at priorities in the team, you would immediately, because we've signed Dylan Levitt, the two areas are at the back and up top. Would you be happier with Fish on a loan to divert more resources to a striker? Or would you feel more comfortable with spending the resources on fish to get them in permanently and then see what's left for a striker? Because we know what we're getting with fish, I would be happy with the first option. Like taking taking the loan and then going all out to get like a proper guaranteed goals number nine that's got potential as well. Um, you said he's only got a year left as well. I read so, someone said that his contract's out next year as well. So that would be even better if that was the case. I think, I think it's United have got a extension. extension option. Yeah, 2025 yeah. contract would be up. So have a year left this time next. Is that if they trigger the extension, though? No, that's without the extension. Right, OK, cool. Um, but re- regardless, I would uh, because we know what we're getting, yes, he had a bad start to his career, but the way that he finished, he, he could have easily walked away with player of the year and nobody would have really bad an eyelid at it. Yeah. So I, I like what we're getting. Listen, we all would have wanted them on a permanent or an option to buy or something along those lines. But I'm just happy that, and who would have thought it in January, that we'd be screaming to get them back and we're all over the moon with it. For me, it's just making sure that if we do take a plunge into the market to get a, a, I'm saying a number nine, just a striker, someone that's going to get guaranteed goals, that we get it right. That's, That's my hope. Yeah. No, I think I think you're right. The the issue that we've got about getting fish on a permanent is that the money swimming about in England is so vast when it comes to I mean, I was reading something about um I think it's James McAtee that was on loan at Sheffield United last season. Um obviously got promoted to the Premier League. He's played seventeen minutes for Man City and they're turning down bids of over thirty million for him. So you can see that, if, I mean, if Fish comes here on loan for another year, does as well as he has done for the last six months, but does it for 12 months, Man United could easily command a 10-plus million fee for him. Absolutely mental. To a championship team down south. Um, I mean, even... If, like, if Ellis Sims is going for 8 million to Coventry, yeah, comes it all up. He played about five minutes in the Premier League last season, him. So aye, in terms of outgoings, we've got... Um, sort of other than that, obviously the de- sort of developing loans for O'Connor and Aiken at Airdrie. Obviously, it was agreed that they would go there when Airdrie were in League One. I think everybody involved has kind of struck gold with the fact that Airdrie ended up subsequently getting promoted, which means that 
both Josh and Murray will be looking at higher level football than what they were before. It might turn out good for them in terms of playing against the higher level opposition. It might actually go the opposite way and that they might not get the same amount of game time that they would if they were in the, in League One. But other than that, the other one that kind of stands out is Jair Tavares, who seems to be on his bike, didn't get to go to Marbella with the first team squad, ended up going to the sunny sunny sites of Dunbar to play with the dev squad instead, missed a penalty, got subbed off, went in the half. Is that just one that we can just pin down to a punt that just didn't work? Or did we get hoodwinked by Benfica and we actually went for Duke and they gave us Jade instead? I don't know. Uh, Jade is a player that you, you kind you kind of want um, to do really well. I mean, obviously, every player that comes through the door you want to do well. But I think with the the cal like the the pedigree that it came with from Benfica. I mean, I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. If you play for a, a team like that, you can't be a shite player, really. Like you, you've got to have something about you. I don't think he's built for the Scottish game. I said that in the in the group chat not that long ago. He's he's not built like Duke is, um, and I Benfica might have rated Jair higher. I think the Portuguese game is a far cry from from the Scottish game. You just have a look at Ryan Gold. Couldn't he cut the mustard at Hibs, but was starting every week at Sporting Lisbon. So no, it's I don't think it comes down to poor recruitment. I think. It just comes down to, oh, this one just didn't really work out. I think it's one thing to note with him as well, and I believe Lee Johnson's actually commented on it in the press, is that Hibs need to be smarter in how they communicate signings as well. Because when you think about it, Jer was he was given, you know, straight away he was given number 10. To me, squad numbers in football these days don't really mean anything, but to people, giving him 10 is like, fuck me, he's going to be our our main guy. Obviously, they put him in the front of every promotional thing. He had the collar strip on, getting photos done and that. It was hyped up to fuck about him coming. So uh, maybe that's a lesson learned for the for the media team to just maybe tone it down when it comes to announcements. Um, I think as well, like, he's coming for Benfica, fair enough. They're a big team and you think, oh, he, he must have something about him if he's coming for there. But at the end of the day, he's playing for a Benfica B team and if he was any good, Benfica wouldn't have let him go to Hibs, or they would have no, let him No, but so was there. Jota. So was Jota when he signed for Celtic, was he not? Aye, but did they know how much did they pay for him? No, well, he was a, lo- he was a loan initially. Yeah. I don't the know. Celtic still paid six million for him. It just Aye, After a season at Celtic. You always have to ask, like, if he was that good, right, and no to downplay Hibs or that, but if he was that good and rated that highly, wouldn't he be coming to Hibs? Mm. He'd be going to Celtic or he'd be going to somewhere in England. So, I see when all these players come in big hype when they come for big clubs, rarely for me, Will Fish for me is one of the only ones that's actually worked out. Usually when they come for big clubs with big hype, they're actually no great because why would they be coming to Hibs? It's usually the hidden gems that work out best. But mm. anyway, he's no good enough and I'm glad he's leaving. <laughs> Talking of hidden gems, there's not really more hidden gems, but obviously with the first team in Marbella, the now it seems to be a theme that every year, sort of maybe two or three younger players get the chance to go. Um, obviously this year, Canal Omega has went someone who's a big rambler, 
Um, me and Sean seen firsthand at the nonce game how good he was. Uh, Jacob McIntyre, Rudy Malotnikov, and uh, also Ruben McAllister. Now, I do believe that uh, Ruben's only there because his mum's away on holiday and Jamie couldn't find a babysitter. So <laughs> um, he needed to keep a close eye on him. But what do we think, Mark, about these four boys? Do you think they've got any chance of penetrating the first team squad this season? I hope not. I hope they didn't penetrate the first team squad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that's conflict of interest. <laughs> um, I don't know. Probably not. I mean, from what we've seen last season, I think you know they're really good players, and I think they will eventually. But from what we've seen last season, you know, all these really highly rated players not getting that much game time. I know young Josh came in, you know, some games. I think they'll start getting integrated in moments of games, but I think when the pressure starts building, is when he'll pull them away. Um, I can't see them breaking in this season. I think we'll do very much what we did last season and play them. You know, maybe if it gets to the tail end of the season and there's nothing much to play for, that's when you'll start to see them coming in. Or maybe when it's late in a game and we're chasing it or something like that. But I can't see any of them breaking into the first team and keeping their place there. just doesn't seem to have happened for a wee while, to be honest. So, well, who was the last one? Probably Josh Campbell. Mm-hmm. He was probably the last one I can think that's come straight for the youth team and and uh, got his place. I hope it does, though. I hope it does. Yeah. Liam, if there was one name on the list, though, if you had to pick one, who would you be more, hope- maybe not hopeful for, but who do you think would have, have the best chance? Of the of... ones that are in Marbella? Yeah. I'd, I'd really like to say Megua because I, I really do rate him. But from, from what I've seen purely, uh, Milotnikov, I think he, he looks really, really good. And he looks like a player who's really very comfortable on the ball. Um, I'm not too sure how much we need a player like him in that position at the moment, but uh, he's definitely one to keep an eye out for. He, he, he's impressed me in the games that I've seen. I think if it was going to be anyone, I think it would be Megua. If there's anyone that breaks into the first team, I think it would be Megua. Yeah, I think especially as well with Cadden's uh, injury and then Lewis Miller not really being reliable enough at the moment to be fit for a consistent period. But... Um, you make a good point, Liam, about uh, Malotnikov. We, I'm sure he came on against Nantes as well, Sean, when we were at the game. And when he came on, I think we both turned to each other and went, fucking hell, that lad, he's tiny. Like, he looked so small and slight. And obviously, you don't... Can, football players didn't need to be can six foot three and bulky as any. But he looks like he's proper... I know Joe Newell said it on commentary for the Bournemouth game that we were listening to. Joe Newell mentioned it. Um, he's constantly in the gym, like constantly in the gym, trying to obviously bulk up. And you can see it's worked. He's taking one of those like um, like McTominay style stretches. How McTominay said when he was like sixteen, he was five foot eight, and then when he came back after the summer, he was about fucking six foot three. Um, so do you do you go along with Megwa, or do you think that beyond Megwa, it's probably Rudy that would be next? Being the, uh, being the founding member of the, the Mega Supporters Club, I'm definitely going to be all in his court. Um, but I completely agree with the points that, that, that you have made. And I agree with what you're saying in regards to his ability. Um, whether that's a player we need in that kind of area at the moment, no. But realistically, he's not going to get too many minutes. Um, 
hopefully they might get some European minutes depending on how well we play in in the first legs of them or leg depending on whether we get through the first one or not. I think it's just about exposing them at the right moments this season regardless of who it is. I don't really like the approach that we took last season um, and I don't like the approach we took the season before where we just chucked four or five of them on in the last game of the season. I feel like we could have maybe done something a wee bit earlier than that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's good signs that they're over there in the first place. It looks like we've got the ones out that need constant game time out on loan and then the ones that can maybe bounce between the dev are potentially still eligible for the 19s and then play a part in the first team will be there. Um, and I echo what you say about Miller and, and Cadden. I think that's a fantastic opportunity for not just for Mego to get a good run of games, but for Johnson to maybe chuck him in and actually, you know, allow him to show Lee Johnson what he's what he's capable of on a consistent basis. And I think given the chance, considering it would be right back, right wing back or right centre half of a three, I don't think he'd let anybody down at all. And I think we'll we'll touch more on sort of the the season preview in a couple of weeks, but when you look at the first run of fixtures we've got, it's not as if we've got anything severely difficult. You know, we've, we've basically we've not got Harps, Aberdeen, Celtic or Rangers in the first like six, seven weeks of the season. So um, it would be a good chance. For me personally, it would be Rudy only to have uh, a full Easter road or a full Roseburn stand against Hearts uh, saying Rudy, Rudy and they don't have enough fucking clue what to do about it um, but because you mentioned the European fixture Sean so obviously that's our next competitive game I know we've got Groningen at Easter Road uh, a week on Saturday I don't know if we've got any games in between that I can't, I can't remember if we do or we don't um, as Mark touched on earlier, is it inter-escapades or escalades or something or two one up at the moment? Um, so on on the back of that, the club have announced that um, Block 7 will be given the lower section of the famous five stand um, for the home leg. Something that us here on the Ramble, we've been incredibly supportive of. Obviously, we had the Block 7 boys on earlier on in the season. What do we, Liam? What do we make of them getting the the full lore of the the famous five for the for the home leg of the second qualifying round? I think it's uh, I think it's brilliant to be honest. A lot sooner than a lot sooner than I think anyone thought. Sorry, my my, my boy is just uh, trying to chip in with a couple of words. What do you want to say, Tommy? Nothing. He's gone quiet now. But no, I think it's um, I think it's it's really good actually. Um, I think. When Block Seven had those chats with the club, they were talking about it was going to be not this season, but next season they were going to start going in the famous five lore. So it's good that the club are are sticking to the word and giving them trials. I mean, I, I don't think you can call them trials anymore. I think this is actual. It's it's shown that it's worked through the dev games, and they'll obviously get a lot more uptake for for a first team game. I mean, and especially a European game. Uh, so I think, what are you laughing at? Are you laughing at what well, I think you're laughing at? <laughs> is it... I can I just hear like a clapping in the background. <laughs> I'm needing, I'm needing a, he's needing a bottle, that's why. So I need to, I need to soothe him. I can't get out. I can't get out to make him a bottle. But, um... <laughs> 
listeners, I'm 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 just patting my son on his arm, <laughs> on his arm like that. I'm right. not wanking, don't worry. But as Mark Mark thought there was a set of cheeks getting clapped in the back. <laughs> well, I fucking hope no, by the way. <laughs> I hope no. Oh God. I I think it's I think it's great, Craig, and I'll I'll put myself on mute now. <laughs> Mark, you said, uh, and I quote, if it goes there permanently, you will move there because the West Stand is full of parasites. Um, I believe was your verbatim <laughs> word. Then. I actually think uh, the word was cancerous rather than oh, parasites. Sorry, so it was even worse than what I said, I even worse. I thought you were being polite there and not wanting to use the word, Craig. <laughs> uh, was, um, how do you feel about it? No, I'm excited. It'll be interesting, especially the fact that it's not just a block, it's the full stand, the full lower. Um, I definitely will move my season ticket there when slash if it becomes permanent, just because it'll be, at this moment in time, it's only away games that you get a buzz, especially sitting in the West. No disrespect to anyone that sits in the West, but you go see, you have a couple of pints, even if it's Derby Day, and you sit and you get into it and you start shouting and all that, and everyone around you just looks at you like you're an absolute piece of shit. So I'm looking forward to actually going to home games and enjoying myself and being able to kind of get into the game. Um, and I'll definitely be sitting there for the European games as well, just to to see what it's like. Yeah, I think um, me and Sean obviously were there for the UEFA Youth League game. And like for me, it's not for me only because I can't stand the drum going for the full 90 minutes. Um, I don't mind it if I'm there and it's away from me, but being right next to it um, isn't for me. But I think for the U- the Conference League qualifier, I think it might be a ramble get-together for the for the singing section to provide clear and unbiased opinions on whether it'll work or not. Um, Sean, I don't know about you, right, if you agree with this, but I, I don't agree with them being given the full war bit of the stand. I think it opens up to, I don't know if it's like potential stragglers or whatever, but I would have preferred it if they were given at least the middle block and maybe a block, one block either side to see how it sells. Yeah, I think we, I think it was the two of us that had this discussion a while back about if it does go perm, should they chuck, put them in the corner of either side and then allow it to grow in from there, very similar to like Union Bears. Um, and I kind of would prefer that approach. I kind of understand your point about kind of them not getting the whole uh, or getting the whole sorry lower section. Um, I wonder if it's just maybe a move that the club are making because they want the whole lower section yeah. to be to be packed rather than right. We're going to open it this block, and yeah. then the people that would have went there if they opened up the whole block have already bought their ticket and like. The east or something and now that the one block's sold out and a second one's opened people have already bought their ticket in another section of the stand so then can he go there so i wonder if it's maybe just a move of right you guys will go right behind the goal yous will go in that block that's where your tickets will be but we're going to open up open up the whole block and then just try and put as many people in there as possible because if see if they had just done that block i wouldn't go and sit there mm-hmm. but very similar yeah. to to the reasons that, that you mentioned, Craig, but if the whole lower is open, then sound, I'll go and get a ticket in the lower. Whereas if they just opened up that one section 
uh, and I wouldn't wouldn't know if they're going to open up another one. I probably would then just go and get my ticket in the east or the west lower, depending on what part of the grounds they open. Mm. So I get it from both points. I think they're probably just trying to do what I mentioned in my first point about just trying to pack the lower and the lower only, um, and maybe that's why. I think it looks it's going to look so much better when it's when we're playing on the telly as well. Like the one thing that sticks in my mind is that equaliser in the last minute against Hartsdale in the season and. I mean, I think we'll all agree that was some of the best limbs at Easter Road we've ever experienced. But see, when you actually watch it back on the telly, it doesn't look that great mm-hmm. because the famous five wars either always empty or it's families. So it's it, it doesn't look great. Whereas if you had that hole behind the goals packed with Block 7 and all those people that are kind of up for a bit of a, a laugh, really, then it's going to look unbelievable. And then especially with safe standing and all that, if that comes in, I think it's going to look superb. Yeah. I think it's more for me is more the sort of management of it because obviously we, <clears throat> you know, I've when we had Block Seven on earlier on, we kind of spoke to them about some of the issues that had come for them, you know, in terms of flares, smoke bombs, etc., getting chucked on the pitch. <clears throat> there was an instance that I witnessed um, that was actually nothing to do with them. So it's more about <coughs> they not being tarred, you know. So if they're on the middle section and somebody in the far left section decides to chuck something on the pitch, because they've lobbied for this, are they then going to get chucked in with that or no? I think the one thing that stands out for them is that clearly the club are on their side. Um, and it's maybe just a wee bit frustrating from our perspective that sort of Hearts got theirs up and running during the season, and bang, they've been given a section in the Gorgie stand already. When Hearts are toiling, almost toiling to sell, you know, they've not really got much space left for their own season tickets that they're they've just upped and moved out a section of fans. So hopefully this is the start of a, a proper consultation with supporters that sit in the famous five stand because like you say, Mark, it looks fucking terrible. Like I, I, I sit in the upper, so it doesn't really bother me how it looks um at the game. But when you see like when you watch the highlights in that back, it just looks brutal. Yeah. Like that's if anything, it should be a case of you fill for the ground up. Yeah. So you have that lower section packed and then have spaces dotted about in the upper tier. I've seen folk arguing, oh, I've sat in that stand since it opened, so I'm not moving. Well, you're a liar because it was a family stand when it opened. And you can't have you can't get kid you can't get tickets for a 30 year old anymore as a kid. You know, it's, it's a family section for adults and children, not adults and their now grown up children. I think it's, it's to be honest, I think it's nothing but good, eh? I think it'll be it'll do nothing but good. Yeah. It's well needed. <clears throat> it is well needed. I think so as well. I think what what I get the frustration from like the hearts perspective as well, but hearts have never really had like a singing section or like a devoted group to like create an atmosphere, to my knowledge, that I can remember. Whereas I, whereas we're maybe on our fourth one by then and by the time we're on our third or our fourth the previous groups have maybe eventually either got a good name or a bad name or whatever. And then that's probably why they've not been able to make the moves that Block 7 are making now for whatever political reasons between them and the club. Whereas Hearts have got this, it's brand new. They've hit the ground running regardless of how little their numbers are or whatever. And they've went, you know what, let's let's take this and run. And then they've just been able to do it. So, yeah, whether it lasts or not or whether it, you know, is, is yet to be seen. Well, hopefully they can do more displays like they did before their cup game against Celtic because that was absolutely magnificent. <laughs> the, um, 
the homage to the fact that some of them are for Fife and probably live in Dunfermline, given the flags were black, white and red. It's an image I'll hold, I'll hold forever with me. Um, so I, as we've always said in the ramble, back the block, we'll be sitting there. When the tickets go on sale, make sure you're sitting there as well. Um, and it's through the turn tonight of probably everybody's favourite segment of the ramble. It is the listener questions. Now it's time to answer the Hibs Ramble listener questions. As always, we'll start with our favourite from our man John. All capitals, what's for dinner? Yes. The first is literally sitting right next to you. Well, it was sitting there next to me and then I had to substitute it out for Tommy. Um, so my Pakora pizza is sitting over there on that chair over there. But a Pakora pizza from Mario's Chippy in Lone Heath. And uh, I stand by it. It's the best pizza I've ever had in my life. A Pakora pizza is a disgrace. Mate, right? it is fucking unreal. It's no Pakora sauce. Like, on the bottom of that, it's like actual, it's tomato sauce. I don't, I don't care. Just... Pakora on a pizza is just wrong. How? Would you have nice. would you have normal chicken on a pizza? Normal chicken? Aye, would you have like spicy chicken on a pizza? Wouldn't even be my first choice, no. No, but would you have it? I've had it. No, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, would you have spicy chicken on a pizza? So what's the difference? But I wouldn't have spicy chicken on a pizza. I would only you have... Just went, you would. If I had to, if I absolutely had so to. So what's, what's the difference? Like, I'm not allergic to it or that. I just wouldn't have it. <laughs> I think I, I, I generally don't think I'm in the minority here. I think a pakora pizza is a good thing. I'm not a fan of chicken on pizza, like can't lie. How? I'd a bad experience. Troy, come on. As long as long as it's not a vegetarian pizza, or it's as long as it's not got olives on it, I don't care. Pizza's a pizza, I'll have it. I like olives on a pizza. Eh? I've never had olives. an olive in my life. I like olives on a pizza. I like olives, but I like olives on a pizza as well. I don't think I'll ever have an olive in my life. I, they don't really look very appetising. It's a, it's an um, acquired, it's an taste. acquired taste. Like, you might never yeah. tea with you lot, man. I don't think the places that you go to would say, satisfy my chicken nuggets, chips and beans palate. No, I probably wouldn't. You'd even like onions or mushrooms or that. No. Are you a bit of a creep when it comes to food, eh? Yeah, I've got very controversial food opinions. Uh, Sean, what did you have? Let's guess, pasta or risotto? It'll be pasta. I, uh, I, I will start the new season as I mean to go on, as I did at the end of last season, and I had, drum roll please, a pasta dish. I had uh, a creamy bacon and mushroom linguine, and it was delish. However, I'm starving, so I think that I'm going to have pancakes good. after. Pancakes, nice. Mark? I am starting the season strong, in my opinion. Uh, I had a homemade chicken curry. Nice. With some bits on the sides, a wee bit of mango chutney, some cheese naan. Oh. It was nice. It was very that nice. That sounds great for a it Thursday. Nice. Can I also just say, it was a vegetarian chicken curry. Oh. What, so what say. did you have instead of the chicken? Was it potatoes or lentils? Or something? It was corn chicken. Oh, really? Did it taste like actual chicken, though? Not really, not. But it's still quite nice. 
It's still I quite nice. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, no, I, I'm making the to be fair. I think genuinely, I think it's the way forward. I think we're all going to get, we're we're going to get slowly swapped out of actual meat, and it's going to be fake meat, and no one's going to tell us, and we're going to have to do it that way. Bill Gates, isn't it? He owns all the farms. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen anyway. I feel like we're going down a bit of a rabbit hole here, eh? Yeah. No, really. I feel like Matt Letizzi is going to show up at any minute. <laughs> <laughs> what did you have, Craig? Uh, I've not had anything yet. Because um, I, I was half day for work, uh, I never had any breakfast. I had a pot noodle when I got home. What flavour? Chicken and mushroom. That's oh, that's classic. Classic. Struggling. And the best bit about it is that you treat it like a soup. So I also had a couple of bits of bread to dip in it as well. I've got a pot noodle in ages. Pot noodles are so good. Ken, what's everyone's favourite pot noodle? Chicken and mushroom. It's, it's like chicken and mushroom one. Is very, very good. It's the beef and tomato. One is also quite good. The beef and tomato is the best one. Like it has to be yeah. the best one. That was a solid one. I had the. Um, I tried the. They brought out a doner kebab one. Fucking bogging. I love a doner kebab, me, but I tell you fucking what, a doner kebab pot noodle, I don't even think I can get behind that, you know. Have you yeah. had the um, Bombay bad boy? I'm too scared to try that. So we are for that. No, I'm, no, I'm, kinda, I'm not a spicy boy. Whatever. See, I love, I love a wee bit of spice. Nah. See, doesn't he like anything? Doesn't he like spice? Likes yellow food. That's what you like, eh? Chips and chicken nuggets and that. <laughs> What am I going to have? I think I might have cheese on toast tonight. <laughs> Fucking hell, Craig. It definitely that's, is a week before bed. Yeah, I'm funny. That's a Ben Kensel dinner. Here, che- cheese on toast under the grill is not a fucking week before payday dinner. That is an elite level scran at any time of the day. Oh, you, all, you've had to, all, all you've had today is a pot noodle and you're having cheese on toast. It's not a dinner in a million years, Craig. I'm not, it's, it's, not a dinner, it's a scran. It's not a dinner. If you it's had a, a loaf of bread... And a full block of cheese, aye, it's a dinner, but you can't have a aye, dinner for you, you fat cheese. bastard. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. You've had a 16 inch bloody. I've got it. No, yeah, no. No, yeah, he's not. He's not. He's not. That it would be a dinner if you had a full <laughs> loaf of bread and a block of cheese. There's only one person <laughs> in that household that's finishing something that's 16 inches, and it's no Liam. Don't <laughs> talk to me like that in front of my son, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dearie me. Um, I don't know if you missed that, Craig. I missed what you said. No, I thought you laughed at what I said. I tried to, and then they two took over. I, I, I was going for it, and then I got pure side, uh, <laughs> side blinded. <laughs> Blindsided by Mark's fat bastard comment and celebrating for the fact <laughs> once it wasn't directed at me. I will be funny, right? New season, new graphics, new theme song. Same fucking chronic pattern, man, eh? Jesus oh, Christ. Absolutely stinks the house out. Um, <laughs> Billy, King of the North, uh, with it being reported that LJ told fans we won't be bringing in a number nine, how do you feel about going into our first competitive game with Melkerson, Doidge and Alf as our striker options? Considering we don't have any of the big four for quite some time, it wouldn't concern me that much. Yeah. But it does concern me that the club aren't looking at a number nine. Well, if, if that I is think the they point. are. I think they are. I think it's. I think Lee Johnson said it was a possibility that they might not sign a nine, because 
to be fair, if you think about it, though, Craig, sorry, mate, I'm interrupting you again, but my point is probably better than yours. (laughs) Um, When you think about it, if by the time, if if you kind of get your first or second or maybe even third choice, That wasn't very nice. <laughs> well, that wasn't very nice. You muted my microphone. Don't, don't be rude to me like that again. <laughs> oh, well, what I was saying was before I was rudely muted was uh, when you start getting to four, fifth, six down the shortlist. I mean, they players probably realistically aren't good enough to yeah. come in and make a proper impact. So I would rather we waited, took our time, and got someone in that's actually half decent than settle for. A Curtis Main or a fucking Kyle Laffey or something, you know what I mean? I'm sure he's just signed for somebody in like the eighth tier of Scottish football. Yeah, 1,200 quid a week as well, apparently. Jesus. Ah, it's Johnson and Borough, was it not? Johnson and Borough. They've also got uh, Graham Dorans. Some of the money kicking about at like, that level is a joke. Yeah. Um, how do we, this is from Jeff Ashton, how do we feel about Hearts reducing away fans' allocations? In normal circumstances, it only affects three teams, not us. Away fans can add to the atmosphere, as we know. And I'm a bit, and I'm worried that this is the thin edge of the wedge. By the way, all for banning away fans that continue to sing sectarian bile. Um, as there's, there's, there's been quite a lot of argument about this over the last couple of days on social media. Uh, ironically, majority of it has been coming from Rangers fans about reduced away allocations, despite the fact that they reduced Celtic from 7,000 to 700 because they couldn't handle the fact they were getting fucking pumped almost every time Celtic went there. Um, we'll quickly go around everybody, but for me, I'm all for uh, look after your own. If Hibs were in a position to be selling out half of the South Stand with season tickets, I would want everybody else reduced to... I, I would be happy with every team in the league to get one wee square of the away stand and it would be up in the corner as well. It wouldn't be on the lower lower tier, up in the top top right hand corner as we face it. Uh, <laughs> you should be encouraging your own support, not encouraging away support. I M H O. I absolutely respect what they've done and I also respect that we've got a bit of a gentleman's agreement that we get the full away because I think that should remain always. Yeah. I think that's what makes Edinburgh Derby so good. And to be honest, I wouldn't actually enjoy derbies as much at Easter Road if there was only a little strip of Hearts fans or even a little square. Because the best bit about winning a derby at home is seeing that away end clear out, seeing them all miserable, seeing them all shouting and screaming. And I'm sure they say the same. So I don't, I don't think it will. And I think it should always remain that we have that gentleman's agreement that we both get the the full away end because that's what makes the derby so good. But I totally agree. I think if you're in a position where you've got all these season tickets, then why would you give... And another thing, Aberdeen fans moaning about it. Aberdeen bring 1,500, if you're lucky, to uh, Tincastle and Easter Road. So I don't know why they're moaning about only getting 600. So I, I respect that. Look after your own. If you're in a position to do it, then I would expect Hibs to do it as well. And that's only when they're doing well. With exactly. Doing shite, they, they barely bring... They wouldn't even touch a thousand, um, and I just I just find it laughable for Celtic and Rangers fans to comment on reduced allocations because they're selling out, because Hearts are selling out their stadium. Like the the horrible sense of entitlement that they've got is 
it just fucking reeks. And when folks say, oh, I don't mind Celtic or can what actually range it now, nah, the two of them are as bad as each other. We here at the Ramble stand by hating the two of them in equal measure as the ugly bastards of the Scottish football. The two cheeks are the same arse, aren't they, really? Yeah, exactly. They can't live without each other. Anything to add, Sean? No? <laughs> no, completely agree. Completely agree. Look after your own if we can. Um, Gav Dick, uh, we desperately need a striker as I'm not as I'm not going into the season with Lefondre, Melkerson and Dodge. Well, luckily for us and you, Gav, it won't be you going into the season with those three. Uh, I see you're still reeling me in every single fucking week. Um, and we'll also have Ellie Yuan, which I clearly forgot that can play up top. Yeah, neither start number nine, which none of the others are. Uh, you could, you can rotate Boyle and Yuan through the middle, I suppose. Um, Especially if we change shape as well, we could play the two of them to to the top together. Yeah, Dodge might be a surprise package this season. I'm telling you, Dodge playing in the middle of Yuan Boyle. There's no pressure on him, really, is there? There's no pressure on him at all, because we're now wanting to go out and grab another nine. Uh, and the fact that Dodge has come back kind of under the radar. You know, he scored a lot of goals for us before he went out on loan. And they kind, they kind of dried up a little bit before he went to Kilmarnock. But listen, the guy comes where the goal is. He's in the I positions mean, as well. If it comes off his arse or it comes off his header, he, he fires it into the top corner. The boy scored, what, about 20, 25 goals for Hibs over a couple of, a couple of half-decent seasons. Or a season and a half of being... Like a, a starting striker. Uh, that's what we missed last season, I think, is somebody to be in that, like, that typical Dodge goal. Like, you see the two goals against Edinburgh City, like, they're the two most Christian Dodge goals you'll ever see. Um, but you've got to be there to put them away. No, exactly. I'd like to see um, Boyle, Mer- Melkerson, Yuan up top, mixing between the three of them with Levitt and behind. Just with what the three of them could potentially bring, and then you've still got the likes of Dodge or Lafondra to to come on if needed. Well, I, I feel like we need we need like a like a proper marquee signing kind of thing. But like it, I'm not overly concerned if we can get those three or four or five if you include Dodge the right service, then we're going to get goals. I would say I don't know what pushing your conflicts, but I think Levitt is going to play in the. He looked a lot deeper, eh? I, I know, I was, I didn't really like the look of that in the first friendly when he was sitting so deep, but he's still got, he's still got a pass about him, eh? So. It also makes me feel physically, physically sick, 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 the fact <laughs> he's wearing number six. It, it actually makes me feel really unwell. Okay. I know yeah. you said that squad numbers didn't really count, Craig, but they do. Are you sure it's not just the Pakora? No, it's not the Pakora. I hope not anyway. We've <laughs> still got another 16 and a half inches to eat. Um, what about your pizza? Um, Jack says, we're fastly approaching our first competitive games and we haven't tapped into the loan market whatsoever. With our success stemming from loans like Nico, Fish, CJ and Yuan last season, do you think we will see at least one or two brought in on loan? Or is LG looking for perms? Well, I think we can safely say that... Um, well, Fish will be one of them. Um, I thought it was a great question. And I think maybe we've not tapped into it because we're trying to explore other avenues and trying to secure better, stronger, permanent deals. Mm-hmm. And I think if we can't secure them, 
like a first or second option similar to what Liam was saying earlier, then we'll maybe then tap into that and we'll have players on the back burner that are maybe ready to come out on loan, like uh, like Miko last year, like that kind of player. Nobody knew who he was when he first signed, so it wouldn't surprise me if we do a deal like that as the season starts or towards the, the end of the window. Yeah, I think the fact that we've got the ties with the City group as well only helps us if you know we are looking to bring a couple of loans in then you know we've probably got a a half decent sized pool of uh, of available players to pick from as well. We were maybe getting a boy from Man City, but they've they've oh that's uh, Fiorini. Uh, yeah, there's uh, that's a that's a, a new rule I think. Yeah, yeah. national loans. Aye, right, so the Premier League brought in a rule that teams can only teams in the Premier League can only loan out. Uh, seven players which are classed as international loans. So obviously they could farm out as many as they want to the Championship League 1 and League 2, but if they want to send um, like Will Fish coming to Hibs, for example, that is Man United using one of their seven allotted international loans. And you'd, you'd think that at the bigger clubs that we'd be looking at for loan players, they'd be more you know, when you look at, just because it's Man United, for example, like when uh, that Ahmad signed from Atlanta and then went back on loan like that's sort of a different level compared to us. Mm-hmm. You'd be quite lower down in the sort of priorities here. And like if Man United at the moment had six players out on loan internationally and it came down to a choice between Will Fish and, I don't know, somebody like Alanga going to play in the sort of top upper end of like Serie A or La Liga, you'd think they'd get priority. Yeah. So loan moves will probably happen a bit later in the window. Um, even though, like, I think at some point during the week we were all captivated by uh, Miko's birds Instagram stories because they were getting posted that she was in Edinburgh. I wonder why. I wonder why that, like, why she posted that, or, or because it, it looked like it was a summary picture, and he signed. Did he not sign in January? Am I making it up? Did he sign in January? He was on the transfer deadline day. But yeah, it was last. But, it got to the stage where people on .NET were actually trying to work out the cloud formation that day at Ormiston. Um, like that time somebody clicked that Omiongo was coming back because they tracked the flight plan. And then... Seen, no, they seen like the Himalayas or something. Not the Himalayas, but they seen like the Alps. <laughs> aye, aye. <laughs> <laughs> he came to Belgium via Vietnam. <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. Um... Just a couple more. Uh, Kirsty's asking, who deserves the captain's armband this season? Joe Neil. Josh Campbell. And I will be throwing my weight behind him again this season. I don't know, actually. I'll go Joe Neil. Joe Neil or Paul Hamlin, if not Josh Campbell. Did you just say what I thought you said, Craig? Yeah. Right, okay. What did you what say? Did say? Move on. I said, I said Rocky. Yeah. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, well, we're assuming that Wallacott's going to be number one. Fucking hope so. So uh, you'll probably more than likely be Hanlon. But, Hanlon. Um, maybe Joe Newell, maybe Joe, because he's... Well, he's had the captaincy before, hasn't he? And he's yeah. he's been here for a long time. But just one play of the year as well, eh? Yeah. Right enough. Not Rambo play of the year, though. 
this next one from Thomas is a bit of a loaded one and might go over the head of one or two people. Um, what do you make of these charges against Easter Road in the training centre? The club's borrowing money, but what for? So, what, is this not what Ron done when he first came in, though? Yeah, so and it's all, just all it, because of how we're changing and, and moving it about, it's came about again. Is that is that right? No, so effectively, what it is is that the club the club has secured a form of borrowing, yeah, and the club need to put up some collateral for that borrowing, in essence, an asset. So what you'll probably find is that initially, when the Gordons took over to loan the club money, they maybe secured 25% of the land value of Easter Road. So if anything was to happen, the club could sell Easter Road for 10 million, for example, Hibs would get seven and a half, Ron would have got two and a half because it was a 25% arrangement. So what you'll probably find is that last year they'd done the same. Uh, which was for the rebuild of the hospitality suites, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which has proven to be sensational by the club because it completely increased revenues. This one seems to be obviously we've had the new hybrid pitch installed at Easter Road. I believe there's been a like for like installed at East Mains as well. So an exact replica size, etc., of the home pitch is getting built at East Main. Well, say built was getting laid, etc. Um, as well, always, what, 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 I was, what I was saying at the start is it's not unusual for us to be doing that because we've already done it a couple of times before. No, it's, not, it's not unusual. It's not unusual for businesses to put their assets. Well, that, but that's that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. like for people that weren't aware, because people are now kicking up about it, it's not new for us because we've already done it a couple of times because we've used said allowance, so to speak, or the the money to reinvest it elsewhere, and so far. The other places where we've used these mo the, the money, it, it's worked out so far yeah. for all the other investments that we've used it for. So it's not unnatural for the exact reasons that you've said, and we've also done it in the past. It's just everyone's now maybe being more aware of what this all looks like and what it means from a financial perspective. Yeah, the charges don't really mean much unless the club gets into serious financial bother, and or, for example, the Gordons get into bother and they decide to call it in. Um, if the loans are paid back and the, the charges are still there, it doesn't really mean much. It just means that um, if the club, for whatever reason, was to get sold and the Gordons retained use of Easter Road and leased Easter Road back to the club or whatever, but given the way that they've spoken about, you know, after Ron passed away, their vision for the club, etc., no things can change very quickly. Um, but to me, this is a good move. This has shown that the Gordons are once again... Um, ponying up, ironically, was a phrase that Ron used when he took over. So there might be big incomings on the way that's what I'm taking it. Um, I agree with you, Claire. Welcome um, to have Sam Cosgrove. Yeah, hope not. Uh, last question, James Kinnebra said, of the players currently contracted to the club, what's the starting 11 for the first league game? Keeping in mind that Rocky's suspension, uh, to keep it short and sweet, I would say it's today's starting 11. Bar Rocky out and fish in. Yep. I don't think we'd be too far away for that. Maybe Martin Boyle, if he's available. Don't think he'd start. I think he'll be fit for the start of the season. Nah, but he may not start. Yeah, I don't think he'll start. Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be pretty much the or I'm hoping it would be pretty much the eleven that, that played or started today's match. Bearing in mind you'd have Miller back from injury, 
Uh, hopefully, Joe Neal back from injury. Hopefully, Onobita. Well, so, so. I just hope actually can, see. Can I just say Onobita? I think he's actually really very good at football, and he's got a brilliant name for songs. Based on forty-five minutes versus a Gibraltar Premier League side. Absolutely. And listen, I'm not getting carried away. Yeah, no, because it's the best thing. He could win the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, it's not like you to throw your weight behind players who they turn out to do really well for us, is it? I am banking on Jordan Obita. And you can clip this if you want. Clip it if you want and play it to me at the end of the season. This might be the worst take of the season. Jordan Obita, player of the year. Simple as. Um, and finally, uh, from Harvey, not a question, just to say Dylan Levitt is a very sexy man. I don't think he is, though. What? You can t- <laughs> He's bringing our average rating right down. Yeah, yeah, he is. Not great. See, if, if Newell gets subbed off and Levitt gets subbed on, then, you know, we go from an average nine out of ten, then it'll put a six and a quarter. That's no... <laughs> Yeah, he's got the he's got the facial. Especially if Marshall's not on the pitch either. He's got the facial yeah. to someone that would suit sitting in section N at Tynecastle. I think. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's not very nice. I know. Sorry, section N. That's a compliment to Hartswell. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, will wrap up there, boys. First week back before we go. Um, obviously, a bit of news came out for the club over the last week or so about Harry McCurdy. Um, subsequently having a problem with his ticker, as he called it. Um, so we just want to wish him all the best in his recovery um, and hope and pray that we finally get to see the Sally one day. Desperate. I'm, I'm, I honestly don't know what you'll do if you don't see that in a Hibs jersey at Easter Road. Came what would be worse is if he scored and I wasn't there. Like that, I kept thinking, no. oh, he's going to score when like, he's at Dingwall midweek. Or I hope that happens, and I hope I'm there. I hope yeah. I'm there just to rub it right in. Because it's going to happen. Yeah. I hope it's a home game. I think we've got. I think we play Livingston. Um, before your important weekend, so I'm assuming that you probably won't be there. So that would be the ideal weekend for it to happen because we'll all be there, and you well, won't. No, well, what's? He's not going to be back by then. Well, the week. Oh, I would love for it to happen. The week before. Oh no! Oh, I, I, that's only about two months away. Oh, that's not happening. Ah no, that's not happening. I thought it was like four to six months. So ah, he'll be he'll be out till the new year. Wish yeah. you all the best, Harry, and we hope that first and foremost you get back to full health, um, and then let's hopefully we can see you on the park. And if he's got any spare time, he's more than welcome to come and join us on the pod. Yeah, absolutely. On the. <laughs> Aye, that probably won't happen because I'm not having a proper chills on the pod. But <laughs> we'll see. Right, lads, enjoyed that. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We will be back. When will we be back, Liam? We will be back. Um, I don't know. Uh, week on Monday. Soon. Let's let's discuss between ourselves. Yeah, and figure it out. Back soon. Back soon. Back sooner. We won't have, we won't be having as much a break as between the last episode and this episode. No, that's for sure, Ramblers. Don't worry about that. Right. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, give us a follow, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, at the Hibs Ramble. 
Keep showing us your Leith 7 merch. Me and Mark wearing the tracky jacky. Sean and Liam wearing the toppy whoppy. <laughs> and I will just we'll call it there. Cheers, boys. Have a good week, everybody. See you later. Cheerio. Let's get ready to rumble.